Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, the Brewers, their, their second pick, um, Josh Noth. That's mm-hmm. how he introduced himself when he was talking about, because they were talking to him about his fastball. And then he's, yeah. you know, he's like, my curveball is actually my best pitch. And he's like, he literally just said, grip and rip it. And I'm like, yeah. I like this guy already. <laughs> I like him too. I'm on board. So the Brewers are starting to sign a bunch of their draft picks. They've locked up, I want to say, five of them so far. Yep. Uh, the deadline to have your draft picks signed is next Tuesday. So Jake and I are going to put off talking about draft picks until next Wednesday so that way we know who is all signed and who is all not coming to the team because that, you know, would be essentially wasted energy, which, yeah, you know, not trying to do. So <laughs> that being said, uh, we're doing a little bit – different uh style today so we have a we have all of our regular content you know we're doing our four games that we had the discuss from last week mm-hmm. but we are also doing a a fun you know a fun little draft not necessarily a draft because we can use the same guys yeah but a fun little segment and this came Partially from an idea from my daughter she's like she's talking about it she's like trying to imagine the Milwaukee Bucks players playing football mm-hmm. so i called jake and i'm like jake i'm like lily just gave me this idea um we should draft a team out of the other wisconsin sports teams mm-hmm. so with it being brewers season we're starting with the brewers we are going to do the bucks and the packers uh when those teams are in season but we're starting mm-hmm. with the brewers so we have to make a brewers team out of badgers basketball and football players Packers players and Bucks players. Yep. So we are each doing a one through nine lineup with positions. And then um uh two starters, a reliever, and a closing pitcher. So that being said, 
Do you want to start with pitchers or the lineup first? Pitchers. Pitchers. Okay. okay. So we have two starters, a reliever, and a closer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have the same starting pitchers. I guess it does make sense that we're starting with starting pitchers because we have one of the same ones. So Uh give me your first starting pitcher. So this one's obvious because he got drafted to the MLB uh, out of college. He pitched in college. His name is uh, Pat Do-It-All Connaughton. Guy's just straight up just an athlete, dude. He's just an athlete. That's all I would explain him. Yep. I also have Pat Connaughton on my list. So for starting pitchers, we need one more. Now, who is your second starting pitcher? Oh, I thought you were going to go. Okay. Um, I went with a guy that's going to be getting all the love in September. Jordan Love. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. My second starting pitcher, you're going to like this, and you're going to probably be mad that you didn't think about it. But this is one of the positions that he played in high school, and he is going to be a Wisconsin Badgers football player. I'm going with Amari Snowden as my second starting pitcher. He's on the list. He's just later. He's just Spoiler alert, he's on my list again later, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. I made Amari Snowden my Shohei Otani. Okay, I like Spoiler it. He probably alert. liked that, too. He probably liked that, too, honestly. <laughs> um, I actually reached out to him and asked him. I'm like, hey, I'm like, what positions did you play in baseball? And he told me pitcher in center field. So I'm like, bet. <laughs> yep. Okay. Give me your relief pitcher. Saginaw Valley State quarterback from 2000 to 2002, Matt LaFleur. Oh, okay. You like that? I you see like what you that? did there. All right. You I respect it. it. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm totally here for it. I'm, yep. I'm down for that. I like it. I put actual thought into this. I was like, this has got to make sense. Okay. So <laughs> I told you this, that my, my relief pitcher guy does not have a baseball background at all. Okay. But my relief pitcher, I went with Tyler Wall. Now, I went with Tyler Wall because when you watch him play, he can absolutely dominate games for chunks at a time. Okay. So I went with Tyler Wall because you have a relief pitcher. You say, I need one dominant inning out of you. And uh-huh. I feel like Tyler Wall, He's he's got those spurts where he just scores like 12 straight points over like a six-minute span. Yeah. So that's why I went with Tyler Wall. It was not for any baseball reasons at all. It was purely contextual. <laughs> huh. Okay, I mean, I'm on board with that. Okay, you want me to do my closing picture? Yep, give me your closer. This is where I put Amari Snowden. Uh, okay. I looked him up. He has an 89-mile-per-hour fastball. So if we're just making teams of, like, athletes from other teams and we had to face them, I was like, give me a guy with a good fastball to close it out. I like it. Okay, so my closer, I did go with another defensive back from the Badgers. Uh, I went with Alexander Smith. I don't know if he played pitcher, but I Mm -hmm. do know that when he was in high school, he lettered in baseball twice. Oh, wow. uh, That makes sense. So I got that. Okay. So now going going from a pitching rotation, now we're going to go to starting lineup. So this is... A one through nine. We have all the nine, um, all the nine positions, eight positions, uh, not including pitcher, and then a DH. So, leading off, I knew I needed some speed. So, leading off and playing shortstop, 
Going to be kind of a tall shortstop, but I'm going with Christian Watson. Oh, that's where you put Watson, huh? I put him at shortstop. Okay. I also have my shortstop uh, leading off, and he is also very fast. He's on the other side of the ball, though. His name is Jair Alexander. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. So batting second, I have a guy who who always dominates the softball games when the Ooh. Packers play them. So playing Ooh. second base because he's a little bit of a smaller guy, I have Aaron Jones. Ah, I'm mad that I didn't get him on my list, but we did make a rule with each other that we have to have at least one Packer, one yep. Badger, one one Buck. Um, so for me, batting second um, is my center fielder, and this is where I have Christian Watson. Oh, okay. Batting third is where I have my center fielder. That's where I put Amari Snowden. I made him. I made him my Shohei Otani. I made him my center fielder, starting pitcher. Okay. So batting third. You know, traditionally, it's it's your best player, right? It's the guy that hits for average, hits for power. Uh, you want star power in that three-hole. There is no bigger star in this state than Giannis, who's playing right field yeah. for me. Giannis playing right field. The only – okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't have Giannis on my team at all because <laughs> I've seen him actually try to play baseball. <laughs> I have not. Uh, it was, it was not rough good. for him. Giannis is a basketball and soccer guy. Giannis trying to play baseball. It was hilarious. <laughs> okay. So my cleanup spot, I needed some power. So batting fourth, playing catcher, I went with A.J. Dillon. Oh, very nice. Um, That's a good catcher. Um, So for me, my four spot is my third baseman. And it's Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen at third base. All right. He, he just had a a uh, celebrity softball game, by the way. He did. Okay, so this one I based the 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 position for this guy purely on his size. Mm-hmm. So playing first base, batting fifth, I have Brooke Lopez. Ah, you have the same idea as me. I love you. <laughs> um, he's not up yet though. Um. <clears throat> My left fielder and batting fifth is a newcomer to the Wisconsin Badgers basketball program. This guy can jump out of the gym. Uh, Badgers fans are going to love him. A.J. Store. Dude, I'm so excited for A.J. Store. That's a great pick. I like that a lot. Thank you. (laughs) So this is a very sneaky one. I went through all of the player bios to try to find stuff. Okay. So my number six hitter is my D.H. I have Isaac Lindsay. Oh. Now, I have – I don't know what his senior year stats was, okay. uh, but I know that he went to state for baseball in his junior and senior year, and I know that in his junior year, he batted 533. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Things I did not know and thought I was never going to know for a 1,000, yeah. Alex. Wow. That's an underrated pick. I was definitely not expecting to hear Isaac Lindsay, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my six hole hitter is also my first baseman. Uh I just wanted a little bit more power in my six spot. So I put Brooke Lopez down at the six hole. Right, I love the idea. That, I love that we had the same idea for Brooke. Like, <laughs> so like a, a seven footer up there. Like, come on, man. You can't right? overthrow that. <laughs> How did you overthrow Brooke Lopez? Yeah. Um, I gave Braylon <laughs> Allen the biggest out of all time from third base. I was like, if he misses right. Brooke Lopez, he's got problems. Right. <laughs> 
All right, batting seventh, playing left field. I have a, a similar idea that you went with with Jair, but I put Ricardo Hallman. Ah, uh, uh, all the reports out of spring camp was basically that he was intercepting like three passes a day and oh, just catching that's... everything. So I went with Ricardo Hallman at left field. That's that's terrifying, especially for Iowa quarterbacks who don't seem to throw good to anybody. And, so and Purdue, who's I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. <laughs> Probably three guys we never heard of. <laughs> right, and two um, of them be true freshmen. Yeah, right. Uh, my seven-hole hitter and playing second base is a fan of the show, Cole LaCrue. Mm, I like it. I didn't – I thought about putting, like, all the quarterbacks on here just because, like, you figure they all have good arms. Right. <clears throat> okay, so batting at eighth, playing third base, uh, I have Connor Asijin. Oh. So, Connor Asijin oh. is – listen to this. His, he has two grandpas on each on each side. They each have a cousin. One of his grandpa's cousins played six years in Major League Baseball, including the 1959 World Series. His other grandpa's cousin is Robin Yount. No fucking way. Yeah. What? Connor Seijin's grandpa's cousin is Robin Yount. What? <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> what just happened? Wow. Holy you shit. Thought you didn't know anything when I pulled out Isaac Lindsay. <laughs> what? Wow. That is amazing. Um, <laughs> so I went a little lackadaisical on my, my DH and catcher. I won't lie. Um, okay. But my DH, this guy's just fun. Um, he's getting disrespected by national media and our own fans. He's uh, 69 in our hearts, mm. David Bakhtiari. He he's got to pack a punch, right? So at least if at least if he can't hit for for average, he can hit for power, and he's a great locker room guy. And I'll and I'll tell you this: I don't know if there's a guy in the state who would be more excited to play for a team named after the Brewing. Yeah, for real, right? Right? <laughs> I feel like Bakhtiari would love that. Um, <laughs> Simon said I almost made Jake lose his hat. That Should have said hold on to your hat when I said that. Um, <laughs> my, my number nine guy, pretty straightforward, playing right field. I have Jordan Love. Oh, interesting. Uh, my catcher there. is a guy that, you know, catches footballs for a living. But um, my nine-hole hitter and my catcher is uh, DK. Wanted a little bit more speed oh, at the nine-hole. Okay. Like so it. when we turn the lineup over. Uh, so, Shimmery DK, your boy. Yeah, I like it. Um so, <laughs> Simon. Um, okay. Well, this was fun. This was a fun little uh, little icebreaker coming out of the All Star break. Um, and speaking of having fun coming out of the All Star break, I mean the Brewers certainly did. So we have four <laughs> games to talk about today, um, and it's going to be the entire series against the Reds, and then last night's opening game against the Phillies. So, Jake, give me your power pair and underrated performer from those four games. So, for my power pair hitter, I went with William Contreras. Uh, he had a 10-game hitting streak before it ended last night, so he almost tied his career-high hitting streak. Uh, he went 6 of 16 overall. He had one run, one double, one home run, one RBI, and a walk. Uh, he was slashing 375 average. A 412 on base percentage. That is nice. I hope he continues to do that for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. um, 
a 625 slug. I also hope he continues to do that, maybe a little bit higher. But this one, if he does this for the rest of the year, holy shit, uh, a 1.037 OPS. Uh, the man is getting on base, and he's hitting the ball hard, so you can't complain with that. Um, sure. My power pitcher was, I mean, this this one just, this was the best pitcher this week. Uh, Corbin Burns, I got to tell you, Brewers fans have to stop disrespecting this guy. Yeah, He had a tough first half. And who knows the reason behind it? It could be, you know, the disagreement he had with the, the front office this offseason. And maybe he was letting that. Yeah, it, it could be anything. We don't know. It could be a family issue. We don't know what's going on, right? Could but, just be a little bit of a just a down couple months. Yeah, maybe Everybody he just wasn't locating the ball correctly, right? It doesn't I mean, always he, have to be. He rebounded well enough to get into the All-Star game. All right. <laughs> um, but his first start against the Reds was just fucking fire, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, needless to say, he went one and zero this week. <laughs> mm. Um, six innings pitched, two hits, zero earned runs, two walks. He had a mini heart attack and then he yeah. still struck 13 people out and he ended with a 0.67 whip. So yeah, take that. Damn. Um, my underrated performer was the guy that pitched the next day. Uh, so it's, uh, this is kind of my boy. It's everybody's boy. Uh, but fastball, Freddie Peralta. Six innings pitched, one hit, zero earned runs again, two walks again. He only had six strikeouts, but a 0.50 whip, uh, a little bit better than Corbin Burns. But Corbin Burns was just disgusting. I cannot wait to get into the game breakdown of that for that game, dude. Oh, I got some stuff to say. Simon said the Brewers have been killing it lately. He said, I saw the post that said they were going to get swept by the Reds, which is funny because that was, that was before the All-Star break. Yep. We played them six states, six straight <laughs> games, yep. and the guy was saying we were going to get swept in the first three. Not only did we not get swept in the first three and took two of three, but then the next three took all three. We took five out of six from those suckers, dude. Yeah, and then they and lost now, two games yesterday <clears throat> and clinched, uh, clinched the NL Central tiebreaker. So yep. they have to finish. A, a full game ahead of the Brewers. Yeah, they can't finish the season tied because that's like so. It's essentially the same thing the Brewers had last year, where they can't tie the season series at the end. They need to be one game ahead. Yep. Okay. So my power pair and underrated performer. My power pair. I have Christian Yelich again for the fifth time in six weeks, and the only time I didn't have him in those six weeks, Jake did. Yep. <laughs> so Christian Yelich has been a part of somebody's power pair for the last six weeks straight. Pretty good. So he had four RBI last week. He was four for 12 against the Reds, and then he was 0 for 4 last night. So he was four for 16, which is a 250 batting average on the week. But three of his four hits against the Reds were for extra bases. He had two home runs and a double. So three extra base hits last week. And I just, you know, because I like to, uh, I like to up the pettiness level a little bit when it comes to the negativity from our fan bases. Still crying that after we put out the Christian Yelich apology form that he's mm-hmm. overpaid. I just checked. Just checked it last night. Uh, so far after the four games, Christian Yelich is up to a $26.3 million value from Fangraphs. He is officially having a season that is quote-unquote worth more than the 26.2 he's being paid. So you can't even use that argument anymore. Yep. He is now officially being um, paid technically less than he's worth based on Fangraph's value model. So we're getting a deal. 
we're getting a deal. Not to mention that his 2018 and 2019 seasons were both worth like $45 million. But yeah. Um, actually, Lorenzo Kane's 2018 season was worth like $38 million and he got paid like 15. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> he was he was amazing in 2018. Yeah. Uh, my power pitcher, I went with Devin Williams. He made three appearances, uh, seven strikeouts, zero hits, zero walks, three saves. The three games he appeared in, 14 pitches, 8 pitches, 9 pitches. 31 pitches total to accumulate three saves. We had, like, zero Devin Williams stress this week. He just came in, locked shit down, went home. Thank you for the sweep. (laughs) I did not think he was going to pitch on Sunday, dude. I didn't either, but when you factor in the fact that they had Monday off, it made sense. Well, we were so stuck on 17 fucking straight days. Right, yeah. It was was hard to think about an off day. (laughs) Right? What's an off day? Yeah, right. Um, all right, you ready for a really disgusting Devin Williams stat? Yes, I am. I'm if you ready. take if you take out his two blown saves, Devin Williams has a .25 ERA. Holy shit! One earned run in thirty five innings pitched. He might be the best closer in baseball, and I know people are going to call us homers for saying that, but he's <laughs> guaranteed locked and loaded top three. He might be the best, man, because that he has a pitch that is unhittable, right? Right. So right there puts him in the top five discussion in my mind. Sure. Then you add in if he's locating his fastball, you're you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it when we get into the games a little bit, but he he mixed in some cutters a little bit. Am I supposed to say Bing when he says Bong? I'm just wondering. Bing Bong. Bing Bong. I don't know. Bing Bong. Whatever. I don't know. Okay. So. My underrated performer, I went with Adrian Hauser. Mm. I saw people dogging him. The Brewers, they so they jump out to, or the Reds jump out to a one nothing lead. Brewers yeah. tie it at one on the Christian Yelich home run, and the Reds take the lead back 3-1. to one. It's the fourth inning, and people are like, oh, Adrian Hauser's trash. Adrian Hauser just gave the lead right back. What the fuck? He ended up pitching five and two-thirds innings, gave up six hits and two walks, had five strikeouts, gave up three earned runs. That is essentially the Adrian Hauser stat line. Put it in the museum. That's what he averaged every time he pitched. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and if you get five and two thirds and three earned runs out of Adrian Hauser, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that too. Um, so he pitched. He gave up the three earned runs in the first three innings. Uh, over the next three innings, he retired eleven straight batters. Yes, he did. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to make an Adrian Hauser apology for him, but there's definitely some people that owe him a, some apologies for being dicks in the middle of a game. How many times do we have to tell people to wait till the end? Uh, man, if I had the answer to that, I'd be much richer. <laughs> you'd, you'd have the Powerball numbers. <laughs> right? Tim <laughs> said Jane Silent Bob. Um, okay. So before we jump into the games, I want to go to a fan-submitted question that actually came from Yelly is the Goat on TikTok. Actually had a TikTok-submitted question this week asking us what we thought about adding Heimer Candelario. So I looked into him. He plays for the Nationals. Uh, He wasn't part of our trade targets last week when we had Eric Agnew on from Miller Park Minute. But I looked up Heimer Candelario. He's a switch batting um, third baseman. Uh, he's batting 238 versus lefties, 274 versus righties. Uh, and he has played some first base, but not since 2020. 
Uh, he's played a little over 600 games, and he's played about 10% of them at first base. So, you know, people can say that he's played some first base in his career, but he's essentially been a third baseman uh, by trade for the last three seasons. What I will say on the subject of Candelario, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I do think there are positions on the Brewers that need to be addressed more than third base. I agree with that. People are um, we, so fixated on the on the batting averages, man. Like they don't take into account how our team is built, right? Like, and and Brian Anderson plays great defense, right? And it is very noticeable when he's not out there. Like nothing against uh, Monasterio. Uh, I don't expect everybody to play that high level of defense. I think Monasterio does a fine job. Um, he had the one rough game against the Cubs uh, a couple weeks ago now, and after that, dude, he's been pretty damn solid in my opinion. I agree, and we were talking about it before the show, looking at third baseman. Um, we There's a guy who has not been given enough credit for how actually very good he's been this season, and sure, if you look at him with you know MVP goggles on, he hasn't been that great, but if you look at it through the lens of who is this guy, we didn't know his name before the season. He's yep. played like four different positions for us yep. and done so quite successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Monasterio has not been given enough credit for actually how solid he has played for the Brewers this season. He looks, I'll say this, and this is uh, this is a compliment to him, because um, as you broke it down, a guy we didn't know his name before the season, he yep. looks like an MLB player, in my opinion. That's fair. Like he, he looks like he belongs. And I'll say, I remember bringing this up like his first time when he was first called up. Uh, he plays with a smile on his face every single day. I know. The, it's, it's honestly it's infectious it is <laughs> so real quick i just want to throw these couple things out there um while we're on the subject of talking about trades and um just more players two things kurt hogg just tweeted some folks have wondered what's going on with garrett mitchell i uh, said there isn't much to report as of now he's rehabbing and not yet doing baseball activities a return late in the season likely as a pinch runner isn't ruled out oh Still so, might be able to use his legs. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think Craig Council has done a fantastic job using guys like Tyrone Taylor and Blake Perkins for those types of things and those types of appearances. Uh, so giving, you know, giving him Garrett Mitchell, potentially one of the fastest players in baseball to use in situations like that. I love it. Love now, it. last thing I'm going to say on trade potential targets or where the Brewers should be looking uh, to upgrade and this is where I got my, you know, my feelings on Andrew Monasterio being underrated, is looking at Kurt Hogg tweeted the Brewers OPS by position and their MLB rank. So looking at it, just going around the horn, at catcher, the Brewers are fourth in OPS. I like that. At first base, they're 29th. Don't like that. At second base, they are 26th. Don't like that. Um, which I will say as far as second base goes, they are getting elite defensive play from Bryce Terang. Dude, if anybody questions Bryce Terang's defense, and he fucking cares, first of all, he wants to hit the fucking ball. He had two hits last night, by the way. Yeah. Um, almost an underrated performer. But almost. The dude's um, a massive stud defensively. Yes, he is. He already has that on lockdown. Yeah. Shortstop, 21st. This was, this was lower. <clears throat> earlier in the season, uh, Willie Adonis is starting to slowly bring the Brewers up in that area. Yeah. Third base, 13th. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, Brian Anderson has been, call it average. He's played good defense, but call it 
call it average OPS this season. Um, Andre Monasterio has made a difference there. Yes, 100%. Left field, sixth. Not a shot. Um, center field, 18th, which is can, that's Joey Weimer. That's I can live with that. Defense, and it's yeah. you know, middle third. Uh, right field, 30th, DH, 29th. So I look at this, looking at OPS based on positions, and I'm looking at it like – Christian Yelich and William Contreras are carrying this team. hundred uh, percent. And I'll throw Victor Caratini in there as well, because he's done very well uh, in his smaller sample size. I won't lie. I would love more Caratini as DH. I actually, you know, or what? Contreras. Really like, oh, this let's, let's branch. Let's go right into game one with this. Okay. Um, when we, when we go with catchers, but I just last thing on this, Essentially, it's first base, DH, and right field. Those are the three big things. Mm-hmm. Not not really third base. They're doing okay there. Yeah, uh, that would be arguably the fourth spot that I'd be looking. Mm-hmm. But so you just said that you would like the idea of Caratini more at uh, DH. Yeah, I have it written in here that beginning with game one against the Reds, um, William Contreras extended his hitting streak to eight, and I put in my notes that it's a nice call by council to DH Contreras and get Victor Caratini in the lineup. Well, Caratini always catches burns, so he was already in right. the lineup. So I actually I actually like the idea of DHing Contreras a little more yeah. and, and letting Victor Caratini play catcher a little bit more. I feel like, I mean, not that Contreras is bad, but I do feel like Caratini is a little bit better at, at defensive. I think so. William Contreras has become a very good pitch framer. Yep. But I do think that Caratini is a better blocker yeah. or, or handling pitches that are in the dirt or bounce pitches. Yeah. I do think Caratini is better at that. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. So I like the idea of Contreras DHing. But so what stood out to you from the first game of the series uh, besides <laughs> Corbin Burns being an absolute strikeout monster? Nobody can touch me, pitcher. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to be nice about it. Uh, I thought it was laughable that people were calling the Reds America's team in June. Okay. Um, we well, had to tell you, you did, did you see that? I didn't see that at all. Oh, uh, dude. I saw it in a bunch of comments on like MLB network and stuff like that. Their posts, they were like, Reds are America's team. Reds are America's team. Cause they're, they're exciting to watch. I won't lie. You know, they brought up Ella De La Cruz, which he's, he is a big, long athletic kid. And he's going to be very good for a long time. He's going to play exciting baseball. He's going to make crazy plays. And all the credit to him, okay? Okay. He got taught. Same as O'Neal Cruz in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. L.A. De La Cruz got taught a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) He walks up there with his swag, which I respect. He's a young kid. Yeah. He he wears his, his chains. He goes up there. He's got the pink on. He took, he took he had to lick his wounds after this one because he got taught a lesson from a Cy Young award-winning pitcher. He struck him out on three curveballs. And I know you're gonna have the curveball strikeout stats. So just hold oh, yeah. on to that. Hold on oh, yeah. to that for a sec. Um 13 strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Uh this was a sellout crowd in Cincinnati. Um, so we take two out of three from them. Uh we win the last one one to zero, and then we have the all-star break. We take this one one to zero. Um, I'm going to let you have that stat too. Um, 
sellout crowd in Cincinnati watched their team strike out 18 fucking times. <laughs> Just, oh, man, I got some stats for you, dude. Holy shit, dude. Holy, can you imagine, like, Tyler and I get to go to the game uh, in two days Friday on night. Friday against yeah. the Braves. If I watch the Brewers strike out 18 times, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Like, I'm not even going to, like, hide my emotions. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Um. But anyways, let's let's go back to this game real quick. Um, Adamas and Contreras both had doubles in this game. That's their both had their fifteenth double in this game. Uh, Owen Miller got his twelfth stolen base of the season, and uh, Victor Caratini uh, comes up clutch again. This guy just and uh, amazing call up by you, by the way. I believe it was after the Mets home run. Um, you said that he's developing a really really good clutch gene, and I believe that too. Um, I remember uh, June, it was like June 11th or whatever I was texting you. And I was like, I don't really know who I trust on this team outside of Contreras and Yelich, you know, in a big moment. And now I can add Victor Caratini in that. Um, the guy just comes up clutch. He can bat from both sides of the plate. Honestly, <laughs> we're talking about underrated. I'm talking myself into it. He might be the most underrated, underappreciated player on this team. That's the guy fair. plays dirty defense. Like I said, he bats from both sides. He calls good games for Corbin Burns. Absolutely. And Burns is our best pitcher. Let's we're not, I mean, Woodruff is awesome. Not gonna take right. anything away from him. But yep. when Corbin Burns is on, he's one of the top three pitchers of all yep. of baseball. Yep. That includes a Shohei Otani, you know, Scherzer. That in, Scherzer, Verlander. I don't care who you put up there. Right when gone. Burns is on, dude, Burns is like the guy. Right, he's got that ability. Yep. So Victor Caratini having the trust of a guy like that just tells me all I need to know about him too. So, yeah. um, the one thing that was kind of a negative in this game is Yelich's 17 game on base streak ended, which was the longest in baseball. Um, that now belongs to Freddie Freeman, who got his up to 19 last night. Freddie Freeman's so good. He is, and he's such a nice guy. I know it makes it hard to hate him. I know he plays for the Dodgers, but dude, he's such a good dude. I feel the same about Anthony Rizzo. Like when we did our, yep. our drafting our favorite non-Brewer MLB players, I picked yep. Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo. Yep. And it's like, yep. God, he played for the Cubs and the Yankees. Like, yeah. Ugh. It almost doesn't get worse than that. Like just add the Dodgers on there and you just suck. <laughs> oh, man. Don't put that evil on me. But Freddie Freeman's in, in the on, on the Dodgers, so I don't think Anthony Rizzo's going there anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. On the subject of Victor Caratini, I put it to you and what I will say – I challenge you to find a better backup catcher than Travis D'Arno uh, is the only guy I can think of from the Braves. He's really the, the only guy that I can think of that would be a better backup catcher in Major League Baseball than, than Victor Caratini has been. I would agree to that. Do you want to uh, answer this question from Michael? Yeah, let's put it up. Uh, Michael just popped in. He said, hey, guys, just got to say this team defensively is so much better than any of our recent teams. The range in the outfielders, third and second base, has really been noticeable to me. Thoughts? This is this is essentially what the Brewers hang their hats on. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the offense isn't their thing. We, we, we know that. It doesn't pay to continue to be a dick about it on social media. I'm not, I'm not saying you, Mike, because I it's not you. There's, there's people on social media that like to continue going, well, the Brewers are second last in average. <laughs> well, I don't know who that could be. We're still nine games over 500. There's other things that matter besides hitting. And, yeah, hitting is great, but defense wins championships. You know what I wanted to ask that guy today? I didn't have time. Do you think 
that the Astros are a good baseball team? Yes or no? Uh, off the cuff, I'll say yeah. They have the exact same record as the Brewers. The literal exact same record. So you're going to look at the Astros because they got some people that can hit the baseball. Yeah. And you're going to say that they're a good team. And you're going to discredit stuff that our bullpen has done. Discredit stuff that our starting pitching has done mm-hmm. without a Brandon Woodruff. You're going to discredit all the, the defense that this team plays. I don't know how many times we could talk about how good Brian Anderson is at third base, dude. Or how good Bryce Terang is at, at second dude. base. Like, balls are not getting past them. Um, they, they, I mean, Bryce Terang clearly makes up for the lack of defense that we get from Owen Miller on occasion sometimes and um, so sometimes from Rowdy Telez. But then the, then you bring up the range in the outfield. I mean, Jesus, where, where do you hit the damn ball with Joey Weimer running over? The guy's everywhere, right? Um, I think it's hilarious that Joey Weimer can be playing center field shaded towards the right center gap. Yeah. Christian Yelich playing straight up in left field and a dude hits a ball to the left center gap. And both of them are there ready to catch the ball. Yep. And Blake Perkins is freaking awesome on defense. Thank you. I'm Blake glad Perkins you brought his name up as awesome. well. He is so fast. He gets such a good read on the ball. Yeah. Like, when there's a ball hit to Blake Great Perkins, ball. literally the camera goes over there and Blake Perkins is waiting for the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's already like, all right, come on. You know, like, he's so good. That's how you yeah. can tell the guys that get the so good jump, call. right? Um, yeah, we're so good on defense. But – because we don't hit with runners in scoring position every day. Like, you go up there and hit with runners in scoring position, you jackknob. And I'll say this. If the team is winning games, like, all you need to do is adjust to the fact that this is their identity. Yeah. Their identity is run prevention and scoring four runs a game and saying the other team can't score more than three. You know what? A lot of times, it's true. And here's the thing. Since June 30th, the Brewers have the second best scoring offense, only to the Braves. Oof. So, James said, what's up, guys? Guess one game back at the halfway mark wasn't the end of the world, huh? Guess not. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Season's over. Season's Whoa. over. There's only 75 games left. Are we going to catch them? Oh, my God. That guy oh, stole all the bases. We're done. Ellie De La Cruz stole home. Our season's over. Only 75 games to go to catch him. Yep. We're done. <laughs> oh, Michael said he agreed with what we said about the Brewers defense. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there because the shit's fucking hilarious to me. Plus, minus is a really overrated stat. Um, if your team is, say, say, eight games under 500, but you have a positive run differential – and my team is say nine games over 500 with a negative run differential. Which one would you rather be? Well, I, I like wins, so I don't know about you. Um, I would rather you, win you... one to zero a hundred times than lose 11 to 10 80 times and win 11 to zero 82 times. I'll take 100 wins over 82 wins literally every single time. There is not a single like aspect of baseball where run differential matters more than winning games. There, it, there's nothing. Winning is literally the number one thing that you want to do. We I talked mean, about this with the Astros series when they lost 12 to 2, but took two out of three games. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I'll get blown out once out of every three games if I know that I'm winning the other two. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, Michael, you took my line. <laughs> you play to win the game. 
I mean, isn't that the point? So, speaking of winning games, game one, bottom of the first, Willie Adamas made a great play to run back a few steps and jump in the air to take away a hit from TJ Friedel. Uh, and then Corbin Burns got his first strikeout on a curveball, followed it up with a strikeout of Ellie De La Cruz on three pitches, two of them curveballs. Uh, bottom of the second inning, <laughs> Corbin Burns, two more strikeouts, including Jonathan India on a slider and Joey Votto on a curveball. Nope, we should so, walk Joey Votto. Uh, wasn't the second inning? <laughs> no, I said we should have walked. Oh him. yeah, 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 yeah. Should have walked. Chick, him. Yeah, yeah good call. Chick. She said every time yep. we see Joey Votto, we have to walk him. So, his first four strikeouts, three of them on curveballs, one of them on sliders. Uh, they got pooped on by off speed. <laughs> the last time they faced Corbin Burns, he threw thirteen straight cutters to start the game. <laughs> oh my god, he's playing with them, dude. <laughs> Oh. oh, they're coming in like, all right, this is Corbin Burns. He's got a great cutter. And then they're just like, what the fuck is happening? He throws a slider? Everything he's doing is <laughs> dropping out of the zone and hitting the dirt. <laughs> yeah, he was he was shitting on them, dude. So top of the third, Tyrone Taylor, first pitch swinging. It was a good swing. It broke his bat, which resulted in a fly out. Um, it did... This surprised me, I'll say. So Joey Weimer is rounding third base. He gets tagged out at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm shocked that people actually were supportive of sending Joey Weimer. Oh, wow. People were actually saying that it was a good send. It's like Joey Weimer is one of our fastest players. There's there's no reason to be mad at Jason Lane for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so bottom of the third inning, Corbin Burns finally gets his first strikeout on a cutter. Then he, then he gets a strikeout on a sinker. So Corbin Burns just out here throwing sinkers now. Yeah. Then gets another strikeout of Ellie De La Cruz on another curveball. Yeah, he looks Strikes bad. out the side in the third inning. Uh, seven strikeouts and 13 whiffs through three innings pitch for Corbin Burns. Yikes. <laughs> um, I will give credit to Ashcraft. He was through four innings on 41 pitches. He was off to a really good start. Yeah, he was. Bottom of the fourth, Corbin Burns, another one, two, three inning. Did have one strikeout and a cutter in the fourth. Top of the fifth, Tyrone Taylor, another good rip, just right at the left fielder. So I do feel that even though I'm not very high on Tyrone Taylor, I do feel that he's he's seeing the ball better. Agreed. Bottom of the fifth, Corbin Burns gets another strikeout on a sinker. Like, that's just, dude's throwing cutters and now he's going to start throwing sinkers. He's just like, check it out, guys. I have a new pitch that you can't touch. Yeah. Follows it up with his 10th strikeout on an absolute dot on the outside corner with a cutter. Just disgusting. Bottom of the sixth, Corbin Burns opens with a strikeout on a changeup. Strikes out Ellie De La Cruz on another curveball. And then strikes out India on a cutter. He finished with 13 strikeouts. 12 of them were swinging strikeouts. Nice. That's disgusting, dude. Yeah. Absolutely nasty. Did ESPN talk about that? No? No? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Should have traded him while he was worth something, I guess. Yeah, no. Ella De La Cruz is just, like, tall and stuff. So. <laughs> top, cool. of the, top of the seventh, William Adamas let off of the double. Owen Miller single to right field, stole second base. And then Victor Caratini delivers again with an RBI single. Uh, Jesse Winker followed that up with a walk, and that was the only run scored. 
Mm-hmm. Bottom of the seventh, Elvis Guerrero got two strikeouts, or sorry, two ground outs and a strikeout. Top of the eighth, Willie Adamas just missed a home run, just foul, like what, three, four rows foul, barely missed a home run. Um, bottom of the eighth, Piamps came in, fly out, strikeout, strikeout. Top of the ninth, Bruce on one, two, three. Bottom of the ninth, Devin Williams comes in. He opens with a cutter. So apparently Devin Williams is throwing cutters now. <laughs> he gets a strikeout, a flyout, and a strikeout of um, of Fraley, Ellie De La Cruz, and Jonathan India. Yep. This game, to me, I said this last week with Eric Agnew, um, this is the formula. Your starter goes six. You go Piguero, Piamps, Williams, seven, eight, nine, lockdown. Awesome. The fucking now, law firm, dude. They called them the law firm. That, yeah, that's awesome. The law firm of Piguero, yeah. Piamps, and Williams. Yeah, dude. That's that might be a graphic. I'm writing that down. That's disgusting. That <laughs> writing that down. We're, made, just, we're just making ideas live now. Look, yep, for, look forward to that graphic, people. Look forward to that graphic, people. Next time <laughs> it happens, it's getting posted. And then every time those three come in in a game and we win, it's getting posted. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for just some absolutely disgusting statistics? Yes. Corbin Burns, 13 strikeouts, five on the cutter to be expected. Mm-hmm. Five strikeouts on curveballs. That's like his fourth best pitch. Mm-hmm. Maybe third. I mean, against De La Cruz, it was his first best pitch. So, <laughs> uh, One strikeout on a changeup, one strikeout on a slider, one strikeout on a sinker. <sighs> this was the first time the Brewers won back-to-back one to zero games in franchise history. It was Corbin Burns' first double digit strikeout game of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had, you mentioned that he had some heat stroke in the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. He came back in the sixth inning and struck out the side. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> That's hilarious to me. I was like, so the dude's just going to have a heart attack right now? Like, it took him, like, 20 minutes to stand up. He couldn't see. He's like... Bottle of water. He's good. Three yeah. more strikeouts. He's just like... This is Corbin Burns, like... I will say... Give me the ball, Victor. <laughs> I will say... <laughs> I appreciate Cincinnati fans cheering for him. Yeah, for that was staying in the game. That was... Yes, like you said, it was classy. That was classy. Um, so, like good job, Cincinnati. I respect you for that. Yes. You want to know what I think might be the biggest um, thing for Corbin Burns from the first half to the second half? Mm-hmm. His slider, compared to the first half of the season to this game, had five more inches of horizontal movement. How do you even? How do you just add five more inches? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I knew you were gonna. <laughs> Oh, you're such a fucker, dude. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> That's what you get from phrasing it that way. <laughs> well, how do you want me? How do you add five more inches to your slider? Like, Yes, that's what I would have said. <laughs> All right, how do you add five more inches to your slider? I don't know. What, what was the average on a slider before that? Uh, it was 18 inches before, 23 inches after. Shit. Cody said he set you up for that. <laughs> it got hot in here. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Last one, because you brought up the fact that the Brewers struck out 
the Reds 18 times in this game. Mm-hmm. And the two 1-0 wins, the Brewers struck out the Reds 32 times. That is the most strikeouts without a run scored in two games in the modern era of baseball. Yep. That goes back over 120 years. Yep. It was 1893, I believe, right? Something like that. Yeah. I saw that stat. That was disgusting. <laughs> that's that's just gross. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have more similar type stats after we talk about game two. So what stood out to you from game two? Well, Willie Peralta said uh, Corbin Burns is going to pitch good. I guess who's, I got to look Willie like Peralta? a Peralta? That dude hasn't pitched for us. Oh, Freddie Peralta. I did it again. I even have an F in front of his name. You son of a bitch, Jake. I'm just going to write the whole Freddie. I'm just going to write whole. The just whole start calling name. him Freddie so you actually get his name right. I like to call him by their last name. I don't know why. but uh, Freddie. Oh, full name, man. Mr. Fredward Peralta. Fredward Peralta. Uh, Fredwardo? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> who knows, right? Look, it's not um, from calling him Willie every week. I'm just going to call him Fredwardo. <laughs> um, Fredwardo had six innings pitched, only gave up one hit, the two walks, zero earned runs again for the entire pitching staff, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, going to have some stats on that later. Um, and six strikeouts. Saying um too much again. Here I go. So after. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, you get to the law firm. I can just call him the law firm. I don't even have to say I like it. The law firm of, P- of Paguero, Piams, and Williams. I love it. Love so it. the law firm had three innings pitched, one walk, zero hits, zero earned runs, and six strikeouts themselves. Just when you when you are in a game against the Brewers and we are in the lead and you see Elvis Paguero uh, warming up in the bullpen, just just literally just start shitting your pants because it's over after that. It's, you're just done. Like you have you have six innings to get the lead on the Brewers. Do you remember ten days ago when people wanted him DFA'd because he allowed Ali De La Cruz to steal home? Seriously, do it off one mistake. Yep. Imagine if we, eh, never mind, never mind. We're being nice today. We're being nice today. I didn't agree um, to that. <laughs> so, on the offensive side of things, there was a rain delay before this game, mm-hmm. and I was actually thankful for the rain delay. It allowed me to go out to dinner with my dad, and my stepmom, with my family. So, thank you, rain in Ohio. Uh, immediately when I got home, I saw the first pitch of the game, and Christian Yelich is just like, uh, yeah, home run, um, uh, Apo Taco. Uh, his first, first pitch home run of his career, first leadoff, first pitch home run of his career. Hmm. Um, also his 12th of this season, 47th RBI, uh, Contreras got the 33 RBIs. He also hit a home run. Uh, he let off the fourth inning with a home run. That was his 10th of the season. And, uh, Owen Miller in the seventh inning decided to hit a solo shot. His fifth home run of the season. Okay. Let me ask you, because I thought of you as soon as I saw him hit the home run. Which one of the three was your favorite? Because you said you're a moonshot guy. I think Contreras got me the most excited because, like, we were mm-hmm. we were up one to zero, and I'm like, oh, I don't want another one to zero game, right? Because we said two in a row, and then Contreras got a home run, and I was kind of like, all right, the floodgates are open, boys. We're up two. Um, I think that was my favorite one. Owen Miller's was nice, though. I he, thought it was going to be Owen Miller's because he like turned on it, cranked it into the second deck. Yeah, he, right. he, cru- he absolutely crushed that. But um, kind of just from the mindset of only being up 1-0 to going up 2-0 was kind of like, All right. uh, I can relax a little bit. With- <laughs> Isn't that stupid? Yeah. Like, 2-0, <laughs> I can relax a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that he let, he had a uh, seventh inning. He let off the seventh inning, uh, zero on zero out, obviously. Uh, his fifth home run, 25th RBI of the year. So, um, do you want me to say my stats now, or do you want me to wait until after? Uh, let's wait, because we can just rip off like eight disgusting okay. stats in a row, because okay. I have more. Okay, I'm ready. You go. Okay. Top of the first, Christian Christian Yellick, you mentioned, hit that first pitch home run. Uh, his fourth leadoff homer of the year. That was 99.4 miles an hour off the bat. That was his sixth opposite field home run. Apple taco. I like it. So, of his 12 home runs, six of them are to the opposite field. He uses all parts of the field when he's on. When Christian Yelich is Christian Yelich, Yelich, he is using all of the field. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Second pitch of the game, William Contreras extends his hit streak to nine. William Contreras has hit 107.7 miles an hour off the bat. Wow. 
Uh, William Thomas grounded into a double play because it was right out of fielder, but his was 102 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah, I, I remember that one from the game. And then Owen Miller's flyout was 94.9 miles an hour off the bat. So the Brewers, like, scorching the ball out of the gates. Wow. Bottom of the first, Freddie Peralta got him to go 1-2-3, uh, thanks, thanks to some very good defense by Willie Adamas. Mm-hmm. Top of the second, Tyrone Taylor, another well-hit deep fly out to the warning track and left center field. This is where, like I said, I do feel that Tyrone Taylor is starting to see the ball better. Bottom of the second, Bryce Terang made a really, really nice snag on a 105-mile-an-hour liner by Ellie De La Cruz, so good yeah. defense for him. And then Owen Miller followed that up with a nice snag on a Jonathan India liner and another nice snag on a Joey Votto liner. So three lineouts that inning, uh, all three of them caught by the right side of the Brewers infield. Dude, literally right at people. Like, scoring up, but good defensive positioning. The Brewers coaching staff has to get more credit for how they set up the defense, too. I agree with you. Um, and that is, I think that's Jason Lane's job, actually. I think defensive positioning is part of his job. I think he's the, the third base coach and the defensive positioning for the infield. Oh, he's pretty damn good at that. Uh, but, you know, people wouldn't know that. You know, they just complain when guys get thrown out. <laughs> I told you, I didn't agree to be nice. Uh, <laughs> bottom of the third inning, Freddie Peralta had two more strikeouts. Top of the fourth, William Contreras led off with a home run. Also, opposite field. Mm. So it's William Contreras' seventh multi-hit game mm-hmm. in July. Yep. <laughs> yep. Dude, when, he's, when he was starting to – and they moved the first baseman last night. Mm-hmm. When when he was starting to just hit the ball down the down the first base line, that's when I knew like, all right, he's just taking what the defense gives him, right? Yep. And then they move the first baseman. Now he'll adjust again because yep. he is just a good hitter. He really, really is. Um, so bottom of the fourth, Freddie Peralta's no hitter was over, and if you look in hindsight, that was the only hit that he gave up. It should have been a strikeout. Yes, it should have been. If we have Robo Umps, that's a strikeout, and Freddie Peralta and the Brewers pitch a combined no hitter. Ouch. Yeah. A freaking broken bat single, whatever. It is what it is. Um, <clears throat> bottom of the fifth and sixth, both quiet innings from Freddie Peralta. Top of the seventh, Owen Miller makes it one solo shot every three innings. <laughs> First, fourth, seventh. Every three innings, Brewers is going to hit a leadoff solo shot. So that's how that goes. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the seventh, Paguero struck out Ellie De La Cruz. The pitch that he got Ellie De La Cruz to strike out on. A 93-mile-an-hour slider. Yep, and it was gross. Bro, who throws 93-mile-an-hour sliders? Only guys named Elvis, baby. Dude, you know the only guy who, like, really actually did that that I can think of? CC Sabathia. I think his was, like, 92. Mm. Oh, wow. A 93-mile-an-hour slider is uncalled for. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just trying to make a joke, but, yeah, I think you might be right. Dude, (laughs) some dude's fastballs aren't 93. Uh, Yeah, I know. Evan Williams' fastball is 94. And Pagoro's like, here you go. Here's a pitch that's going to move 18 inches. Oh, and it's one mile an hour faster, or sorry, slower than our closer's fastball. I mean, we have two starting pitchers that don't throw 93 on a regular basis. Wade Miley and Julio Tehran. They can hit it, but they don't throw it on a regular basis. And Hauser is not much over that. Hauser is usually between 92 and 94. Yep. 
dude, that when I saw that he struck out De La Cruz on a 93 mile an hour slider, I'm like, that's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and he follows it up by striking out Jonathan India on a 98 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, bro, he was pumping that shit up there, bro. That's a five mile an hour difference from a fastball to a slider, and they're both in the 90s. It's not like mm-hmm. he's throwing an 88 mile an hour fastball on an 85 mile an hour slider, Brett Suter style. Mm-hmm. Like 98, 93 fastball slider. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's not right. Uh, it would be it would be nice to have Hunter Renfro's bat in right field, but man, Elvis Paguero has been so good. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Maybe Which, we can just bring Hunter Renfro back. I mean, we figured on Joey Weimer being in right field. Yeah. But it is what it is. Okay. So then he followed that up with um, a walk to Joey Votto and then got Spencer Steer to ground out after that. Top of the eighth, William Contreras got his third hit of the game. Bottom of the eighth, Joel Piams got two strikeouts. Top of the ninth, Tyrone Taylor finally gets his hit. So good for him. Stole second base. Um, Andre Monasterio put together a good at-bat. Bryce Terang put together a good at-bat. Both of them taking lots of pitches, following pitches off. Um, they did both strike out, but I wanted to give them credit for putting good at-bats together. Yeah, that's, that's um, big for, for Bryce. Right. They both they were both over eight pitch at-bats, and I think Terang's was like 10 or 12. Yeah, he, that was that's good for him. Right. So that, to me, sees, like suggests that he's seeing the ball a little bit better, which hopefully he's turning a corner there. Bottom of the ninth, Devin Williams comes in, gets two strikeouts, and an Ellie De La Cruz ground out on a great play by Andre Monasterio. He made a nice sliding stop in the third base shortstop gap. I made a nice throw to first base. Only took Devin Williams eight pitches to get through the ninth inning. Yeah. All right. So the Brewers, with winning this game, officially have the tiebreaker over the season series with the Reds. So if the team's finished tied, the Brewers have the tiebreaker. Since the Brewers against the Oakland A's hit 500 at 34 and 34, they are now, including last night's game, 18 and 9. Since then. Yep. Second best record in baseball. To the Braves. To the Braves. Who literally were just beating everybody. <laughs> what did they just win? Like 18 straight? Well, like that? they just had their longest home losing streak of the year in three games. Did you see the score of the D-backs and Braves last night? Dude, there was 12 teams that scored double-digit runs last night. It was the most in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. Um, they were 16-13. to 13. That game was Fucking nuts. Jeez. The Reds and Giants was like 11 to 10. Yeah, finals. the second game. The second game. <clears throat> um, okay. So, I forgot what I was going to say about the record. Oh, the Braves coming into – not the Braves. The Reds coming into their series with the Brewers before the All-Star break had won 21 of their last 28. And then the Brewers are just like, here you go. Here's five out of six L's. <laughs> okay. Give me some stats, and then I'll give you some more stats. Okay. So the stats that I have written down here is uh, after this game, uh, the Brewers completed 27 straight scoreless innings. In those 27 innings, 44 strikeouts, eight walks, and they only gave up seven hits. Oh, This is where the 1893 came in, by the way. That is the fewest amount of hits over a three-game span since 1893. I saw that on Sports Center, so they actually did talk good about us for a sec. Um, That's pretty similar to the stat that I have. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have another layer. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I have all one right. more thing. When I have one more thing. 
The last time the Brewers had three straight shutouts was July, was July 19th through the 21st, 2013, with the Miami Marlins. We embarrassed them so bad, they decided to bring up their number one prospect. The number one prospect was Christian Stefan Yelich, who later became a Brewers legend, in my opinion. And the funny part about that is, is immediately after our series, the Reds called up their number one prospect. This is history repeating itself, dude. I love Um, it. The three guys that pitched those three shutouts were Kyle Lowe, Giovanni Gallardo, and Willie Peralta. Hey, we had a Peralta in both of them, so I'm happy. (laughs) Uh, So the the stat that I have is that the Reds were the first team to have zero runs and less than eight hits over a three-game span ever. That's nuts. We literally made them have a worst series ever in the history of baseball. Um, for a little bit of context, baseball's really, really old. Like man, movies can't hit. They can literally make teams do shit that has never happened. Oh, in man, a bad I, way. I have so many things to say right now. Like we we've talked about, you know, people, you know, remaining patient and remaining faithful during seasons because whatever can happen can happen, right? We've had that yeah. discussion how many times? Oh yeah. And you know, people complain about the hitting, but they don't again, they don't bring up how good our pitching and defense is. So you you just be thankful for the things that you have and you you see the areas that you need to improve and there's ways to improve that, right? So uh-huh. let's do it. And one more for you yet. Oh, I'm ready. Milwaukee Brewers are the first team in Major League Baseball history. So we oh, have boy. one bad one going the way of the Reds, one good one going the way of the Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers are the first team in Major League Baseball history to record three straight shutouts and at least 12 strikeouts in each game. Oh, that's my favorite one. That's the best one of all time. <laughs> Never heard a better stat in my life. That is amazing. Oh my God, that's so disgusting! You brought that's up the forty-four strikeouts, but man, that's amazing. That is uh, that is actually amazing, dude. Again, the first game. If I would have watched my team, and both these games are, are are sellout crowds. Friday, Saturday night. The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati is a city. Is like, oh man, the Reds are buzzing. Division lead you know, on the line. We we yeah, we still had the division lead after the break. They're coming to our house. People are like all excited. Let's go watch La De La Cruz. You know, they see the play that he did in Milwaukee. They're all excited. And then literally just – we just took a giant shit right in the middle of the the the, foot, the, the baseball stadium. We're just like, look at it. Look <laughs> at it. And it's just like, wow. Dude, that stat you just said just blew <sighs> my fucking mind, dude. <laughs> you just blew my mind with that. Told that you I had more nasty stats following game two. That is amazing. That is actually amazing. All right, let's go to game wow. three. What stood out to you from the third game, the finale of the Red Series? So I'm going to start just by saying it doesn't matter because of that stat. So that was just fucking wow. Wow, dude. My face is hot now. That's crazy. <laughs> and I didn't even laugh or anything. I'm just embarrassed for the Reds, I You're guess. just totally flabbergasted. <laughs> um, but, you know, the always controversial Adrian Hauser. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be. be, but he You're is. talking about number five starters in baseball? Like, give me Adrian Hauser as our fifth best pitcher. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw that. So, Michael said, sorry, guys, I forgot to add earlier. In the first game with Burns, when asked GM Matt Arnold, said, in no way we were trading Burns this year. I'd love 
I'd so love to sign him long term, but I'm not sure how we could afford him. They'll figure it out. Um, I'm going to let those guys crunch the numbers, deal with that side of baseball. So Tyler has thoughts on it, though. It's probably <laughs> going to be a shorter term deal. So they might be able they might be able to pay him, you know, something like a 30 million, but it's gonna be like a three year ninety or a four year one twenty versus like a ten year three hundred type thing. If you get if you can guarantee me four more years of of prime Corbin Burns and tell him to trust the process of all these hitters that are coming up through the Brewers minor league systems and adding other arms that are going to, you know, continue the dominance of our bullpen and our starters. I mean, I'm all for it. 100%. Let me let me also add in the acquisition of William Contreras, a guy who's under team control through 2025 at least. Yep. Um, those are the moves that really matter. That's why trading a guy like Hunter Renfro and Colton Wong makes sense. That's why acquiring a guy like Jesse Winker makes sense. That's going to be $11 million off your books at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's why they're trying Joey Weimers. That's why they're bringing up Blake Perkins. That's why they're bringing up Andrew Monasterio. That's why they have Bryce Terang up. That's, that's why they have these guys on the team so that they can have a couple high-salary guys and build around them. If you don't think that Matt Arnold's paying attention to that stuff, I guarantee you he 150% absolutely is. And that includes the teams, the players in AAA, the guys like Sal Freelich, the guys like um, uh, Robert Gosser, who's a pitcher, doesn't quite count as much, but uh, paying attention to guys like Jackson Churio, paying attention to guys like Tyler Tyler Black. Black. Yep. Um, dude, I'm I'm such a big Tyler Black fan. I, I cannot I believe he's not in Triple A yet. But these these things matter. Yeah. So they're, they're gonna bring up Hira eventually. Probably they're, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, everything I've been reading, they're bringing him up, and then it, it, it's immediately after that move happens, like 30 seconds after that, Tyler Black's going to Triple A. That's fair. I think that's um, what's gonna happen. So what I'll say on the subject of Keston Hira, this is going to be his last chance because the Brewers are going to have to make a 40-man roster move to bring him up. Mm -hmm. And he's not – he doesn't have any minor league options. So if he, like, doesn't perform and he gets DFA'd again, he's not making it back to the Milwaukee Brewers. He might make it back to the Nashville Sounds, but he's not making it back to the Brewers. I agree with that. Uh, He's not coming back to the Brewers, but, yeah. Um, there were some quotes, and we could talk about that later if you would like. Um, Thanks for going back. In, going back to this game, yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Hauser went five and two thirds, um, got into a little bit of trouble. So Bryce Wilson comes in, and he's quietly been super, super successful for the Brewers this mm-hmm. season. He pitches a third of an inning, but gets the guy out that he needs to get out, gets out of a jam. Uh, zero hits, zero walks, zero earned runs, zero Ks, but he got the job done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Star of this game, to be completely honest, might be Hobie Milner. Oh, I agree with you. Two strong innings. Um, the one walk, the one hit, but he had one K, but he was in command on that mound. Um, Hobie Milner absolutely gets a star of this game. Um, Devin Williams, again, I did not think he was going to pitch. I was like, I don't know who we're going to put in there, um, but it's Definitely not going to be Devin Williams. Uh, but then he was just like, yeah, okay. It's what, what did it take him in this game? Nine pitches? You have it written down? Was uh, it 11 or was... I remember he got through the first two or four yes, pitches. Nine, yep. It was nine. Um, 14 innings or 14 pitches in the first one, eight pitches in the second one, nine pitches in this one. Yeah, I knew he was super efficient in the last two. Yeah. Um, in terms of RBIs, Yelich, another home run, um, his 13th of the year. He also mm-hmm. had a double, which was his 20th double of the year. 
Um, so he has 20 doubles, 13 home runs, uh, over 20 stolen bases. Um, his OPS is freaking through the freaking roof sky yeah. high. Um, he had two RBIs in this one. Monasterio, um, he made the mistake where people started complaining about him at third base, and then he comes through with a with a late RBI, um, his sixth of the year. Uh, Owen Miller got the 26th RBIs. Um, I have some stats for you about the bullpen real quick here. So if you add these three games in with the last game before the All-Star break, the Brewers bullpen in those four games versus the Reds, 12 and one-third innings pitched, one freaking hit, zero earned runs, 19 strikeouts, <laughs> and a 0 0.16 whip. Wow. And what? Two walks in there? It doesn't I don't have walks right I now. I think I well, I think I only had I think I only had one in the previous game. So I, I can look it couldn't it right have now. been many. So Hobie Miller had one and then yeah, mm -hmm. so one walk. Two one walk and one oh two walks and uh, one Pines had one in the second game, I think. No, Pine uh oh Paguero had a walk. Paguero oh Paguero had, had one. Okay. I knew yeah, one of right. them had a walk in one of the games, but they didn't give up any hits. So two walks, one hit, nineteen strikeouts in twelve oh, innings. Shit. I'm tell bro, they literally just wow. took a shit on the Reds this weekend. It was awesome. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> I I'd be terrified if this team had hitting. They'd be the best team in baseball. And the and the thing is, is like the Reds were like they built their their good surge on their hitting. Yep. Like I will give credit to Abbott. He's a solid left-handed pitcher. He's a rookie for them, so he's doing well for them. Yep. But they're not built to be a pitching juggernaut. Their team is built on scoring runs. Yep, 100%. And the Brewers, like, just said, like, nah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You're not, no. No, you're not scoring. Yep. Can't, uh, can't let that happen. So, top of the first inning, William Contreras extended his hit streak to 10. Bottom of the first, Adrian Hauser struck out the side. Mm. He does not do that very often. No. Um, bottom of the second, the Reds finally got on their board uh, with India and Vado getting hits. That ended a streak of 28 consecutive scoreless innings by the Brewers as a team. That is the fourth longest streak in franchise history. Yep. I remember that one from the game. And what followed that is the Reds manager getting tossed for arguing balls and strikes. Imagine getting tossed in the second inning of a game you're up one to nothing in. You want a little stat on their record when he gets tossed? What is that? So since he started as the manager in 2019, he's got tossed 25 times. Their record is five and 20 in those games. <laughs> they are one and four this season when he gets tossed. Five <laughs> and fucking 20, and you think you're helping them. Wow. Yeah. Tossed in the second inning. Good call, dude. Nice um, <laughs> rank ended the second inning. <laughs> with a glowed glove level play uh, at second base. Mm. Top of the third, that's when Christian Yelich hit his home run 439 feet. So Second close. longest of the season by one foot. God damn it, he was so close. Like, I kind of just want him to have all the stats. Right? <laughs> I saw somebody say that, that he needs to lead the team in hits, average, RBI, home runs, doubles. He needs to lead the team in every offensive category for how much he gets paid. I literally I mean, saw somebody say that. I mean, he practically is right. He damn now. near, yeah. <laughs> Except home runs, really. <laughs> right, and he's not far off. No, he's not. He's only three. He's, I'll say, he's, oh, he's yeah, he's tied. That's right, he's tied. Yeah, because Adamas has sixteen. Sixteen. Yep. 
Bottom of the third, the Reds grabbed the lead back with a two-run home run, made it three to one. Uh, both teams are quiet in the fourth inning. Top of the fifth inning, Andre Monasterio led off with a, with a single. Bryce Terang, seeing the ball well, worked a walk. <clears throat> uh, Weimer had a fly out into the gap. Um, good play by the center fielder. Uh, I don't remember who was playing center field that day, if it was Friedel. But a good play to keep Andre Monasterio at second base. His momentum he carried towards third base. That's a good play by the red center fielder. I will give them credit for that. Christian Yelich, one of his three hits is a single, makes it three to two. And then William uh, Contreras hit a sharp line or result in an unfortunate double play. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. The guy hit the ball hard. There's, there's no shame in it. It's, uh, you know, it goes as a double play in the books, but um, yeah. he hit the ball hard, which is really all you really want when you boil it down. Yep. Hauser followed that up with a one, two, three bottom of the fifth on eight pitches. Yep. So Reds are like, all right, we got some momentum back. We got a great defensive play to get a double play out of this, you know, get out of this jam. And Adrian Hauser is just like, shh. <laughs> Eight pitches. So go one, two, three. Top of the six, Willie Adamas let off with a single on an off-speed pitch. Good to see Willie Adamas hitting off-speed pitches. Um, yes. The Brewers had three strikeouts following that, which isn't great. But we talked about this earlier when Michael asked the question about defense. Christian Yelich and Joey Weimer showing their range. Um Joey Votto drew a walk. Spencer Steer hit a hotliner. Andrew Monasterio couldn't handle it. Uh, and that was the end for Adrian Hauser. Now, we just talked about, you know, the, the ninth inning last night or the previous night for Andrew Monasterio making a great play on L.A. De La Cruz to finish the game. You, you got to just take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make literally every single play. No. He's not. He's not even Nolan Arenado, who has all of the gold gloves, who hasn't played perfect defense this season. Not everybody's going to be perfect 100% of the time, and expecting a baseball team to do that over a 162-game season is at best unrealistic and what I would just say is blatantly delusional, honestly, to expect 100% perfection for 162 games. Uh, It's just not going to happen. No. So, overall, Andre Monastero has been very good. Mm-hmm. Top of the seventh, Joey Weimer drew a two-out walk. Christian Yelich drew a two-out walk. And then William Contreras had a deep flyout uh, to end the threat there. Bottom of the seventh, Hobie Milner scoreless seventh. Top of the eighth, Willie Adamas, leadoff walk. Jesse Winker hit a long single off the wall. Just essentially a hit that he hit off the wall directly to the right fielder. There's not a ton you can do with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we will get to your question, Connor, after this game. Yes. Um, so Winker with the long single. Adamas did get to third, so Tyrone Taylor comes in to run. Uh, mm-hmm. First and third with one out. Uh, Owen Miller had a deep sack fly, tied the game. Tyrone Taylor got the second on the throw. That's heads-up base running. Uh, just a good a good call by Craig Council to put a guy who's going to get to second on that throw because Jesse Winker doesn't do that. No. So um, the Reds bring in their closer, um, all-star closer at that. Yep. Uh, at the top, you had a fly out. Andrew Monasterio follows it with an RBI single to right field. Tyrone Taylor scores. Monasterio gets the second on the throw. 4-3 lead for the Brewers. To get that, Andrew Monasterio, if you want to complain about his defense, you better give him double the praise for getting a game lead hitting single off of an all-star closer to follow that. Uh, That was a clutch hit. For sure. Bottom of the eighth, Hobie Milner still in. Um, Gets Ellie De La Cruz to line out. Jonathan India to strike out and Joey Votto to ground out. What I would say is the toughest part of their order, that four, five, six of De La Cruz, India, and Votto. Against the Brewers, yes. 
Um, top of the ninth, Christian Yelich had a deep fly ball to left field, turned into a double. He finished a triple short of the cycle. Dude, that guy was just turning around. I thought his shoes were going to get tied together if he turned around so many times. I mean, <laughs> would it happen against anybody but the Reds? For real, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, William Contreras came back from 0-2 to draw a walk. Uh, Willie Adamas had a fly out to get Yelich to third, and then Victor Caratini struck out. But bottom of the ninth, Devin Williams comes in for the third straight day, the first time that he's pitched three, state, three straight days in 2023. Oh, wow. Uh, gets a hot grounder to Bryce Terang. Um, he snagged Owen Miller with a nice pick and then gets a strikeout to end the game. Um, really just, just great work by the Brewers. They get to 10 games over 500, their highest mark of 2023. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's nothing to complain about in this Red series. There's literally nothing. Let's give credit to Owen Miller as well. After he had a rough day against the Cubs, again, against the Cubs, that Cubs series tossed a lot of stuff. Um, and we still won two games. So That's fair. Um, he put in a lot of work uh, dealing with, with the, those those hops, those short hops, those medium hops. Sure. And, he, and they said this on the broadcast. Um, he's been out early working yeah. uh, at first base every day. Yeah, credit to him for real. That's that's all. That's winning, ba- winning baseball right there. Yeah. Um. Do you want to take this? Yeah. Well, Connor asked on YouTube, "Do you think they signed Woody as well?" Sorry, I'm a little back when you talked about Burns. Could they do both Burns and Woodruff? This to me, it's going to be something where it's got to be short term. I, it, I don't see any of them signing for more than five years. Um. They're both. I think they're both twenty nine. I know what. I know Burns is twenty nine, but I think Woodruff's like the same age. But yeah, um, they're both around that age. So I don't think the Brewers are going to get to a position where they sign either one of them for like a ten year deal. Even Christian Yelich, when he was he was what twenty, so he was twenty seven when they gave him his seven year deal. No, uh, I don't would have turned thirty in February. Okay, so I I don't think they're going anything longer than putting them at 35 years old. I, that's just what I think. I don't know because Matt Arnold's philosophy on signing guys long-term could be very different from what David Stearns was. So paying attention to these two guys, which Burns is still arbitration eligible for next season, so he doesn't. he's not a free agent after 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously you'd like to lock him up before that if you can. Um, right. it's, it's really something we're going to have to pay attention to this offseason because it's going to be different because our president of baseball operations, GM, whatever you want to call him, he's, he's a different person. So he's going to have different philosophy, different strategy. Right. Um, so for me, um, I kind of look at it as the way is something that happened in the NFL today, where the Steelers signed uh, Andrew Highsmith um, yes. to a four year, $68 million deal. And the rest of the league who has a bunch of uh, edge rushers who are up for deals, Green Bay Packers included with uh, Rashawn Gary, are looking at that like, okay, that's the value for a guy like that. Am I equal to him? Am I better than him? Am I a little bit worse than him? So for me, in this way with the Brewers, I think once they sign Woody, I think Burns will then be able to gauge his value how the Brewers are going to value him, and then he'll his agent will have the value that he is around the league. So getting Woodruff signed first, I think, is absolutely a necessity to get Burns to sign here as well because then Burns knows, okay, we still have me, we still have Woodruff, we still have Freddie Peralta, and then we also have these, uh, you know, we have the law firm, 
Um, we have a bunch of guys in the minors that could that could help out as well. We still have a Hobie Milner in the bullpen. Yep. So I think signing Brandon Woodruff would be something that could um, definitely set us up for later, for, for later success with Burns. <clears throat> um, yeah, Burns? it's going to be – it's really going to be something to pay attention to. That's, that's really what I'm going to say. I just want to see Brandon Woodruff's uh, contract details. Uh, what I will say is Matt Arnold so far – uh, all the trades that he's made, they look really good. Elvis Ferrero's a rookie, mm-hmm. so we got that. Um, Abner Uribe looks fantastic. Um, we're gonna get to him in this uh, this Phillies game, so we can jump into that. Um, what Woodruff still has uh, arbitration next year. He, he has one year left, or does he have two? One year, one year of, of uh, arbitration. Um, he got paid ten point eight million this year, so. I would imagine somewhere around that for you know a three four year deal. He, him and oh my god, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. Like seeing like a Jacob Morowski and you know and uh, Ethan Small and uh, the newly added uh, top 100. I'm blanking Rosper. on his name now. Um, Robert Gosser. Robert Gosser. I mean, they could all be up in 2025. So we might actually be set up for like perfect timing. As sad as that is. You know, you got to look at it from both ends of the spectrum. We could be up for, like, perfect timing of, like, some of our hitters are going to be more experienced, you know. Right. And we could have, like, a good contact offensive team. And then if we're, like, role reversal where, like, the pitchers are young and we're trying to get their, their legs under them, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, Josh man. North is – I think he's 17. He'll be 18 very soon. But yeah. he already throws 96 to 98. I know. With, that's a, with a, with a 3,000 RPM – curveball when the league average is around 2500 that's so stupid <laughs> yeah dude. Arnold, i think of i think they've signed four draft picks so far all of them have been below the slot value for where they were picked mm. so matt arnold made a ton of high school picks on the final day of the draft but he's got a lot of extra money saved up from the guys that he signed so far so we could be in a position where the brewers sign literally all their draft picks which would be just insane but so far, Matt Arnold has done a great job uh, in his role, so I have faith in him coming into this offseason. Now, like Jake just said, I do think you're in an area where if you can bring those guys back, you'd love to. If you can't, I mean, the, the Brewers can go with a youth movement. Um, we didn't mention this at the top of the show. Uh, Wade Miley went on the injured list, uh, as did Brian Anderson. But Brandon Woodruff is throwing a relief – sorry, a rehab appearance on Saturday – and Aaron Ashby is also beginning bullpens. Uh, Woodruff is going to be in Appleton for the T-Rats. Nope, no, the he's not. They're on the road. Oh. So he's pitching for the Timber Rattlers, but it's on the road. Damn it. I thought they I thought they were at home. I yeah. But he is pitching for the Timber Rattlers. He is pitching for them, yes, just on the road. Damn, I thought they so were at home. Matt Arnold did say this. Um, he said no matter what, when asked about the trade deadline, no matter what, we're acquiring an all-star level starting caliber pitcher uh at the you know essentially at the trade deadline when Woodruff comes back I mean it's almost like two guys on this show said that so that's weird I mean I just work here that's that's yeah that's weird that we would say something smart you know um yeah I mean it is weird (laughs) okay what's up to you from last night's game Uh, well we get to this game the Phillies are on fire too by the way Yep, um, along with the Braves and the Brewers. Yep. Uh, the Braves, Brewers, and Phillies, uh, since like the middle or beginning of June, have been the three best teams in the National League. 
Yep. Um, so you guys can all suck on that, and uh, uh, people who love the NL West. Um, the NL West is good. Don't don't let me, don't let me discourage you. The NL West is good. Uh, the Diamondbacks are really good. Um, by the way, that Brewer, some Brewers fans, I shouldn't say all. I'm gonna say um, how some some talk. You wouldn't think that they would only be one win behind the Diamondbacks. I mean, that's wow. Perspective. You bringing up that they're tied with the Astros is very interesting. They're, they would be a, they would be like a half game behind because they haven't played as many games. But dude, they literally have like the same fucking record. They have a better record than the Yankees. They have a better record than the Red Sox. Yep. I mean, the Red Sox have good players like Rafael Devers. Um, I mean, they just hey, that's stupid. Whatever. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Um, so last night we played the Phillies. First pitch of the game was a home run. Yeah. And it was like, all right, we're not one to zero. Let's uh, let's dig out of it. And the heart of this team showed up last night. They just kept grinding, yep. kept going after it. Um, they ended up getting this game tied later in this game. Um, Tyler will give you the full breakdown, as he does every week. He does a tremendous job. But Julio Tehran, four and two-thirds, seven hits, two walks, four earned runs, and three Ks. The thing about Julio Tehran is his stuff works when he locates it correctly. Right. He is catching a little bit too much of the plate. They did say that in the, in the pregame yesterday, and I do agree. Um, that's what happened on the home run. That's what happened on a couple of these other hits that happened in this game. Is he just catches a little bit too much of the of the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, he does still have starter quality stuff. I mean, no, we need to get rid of him. He's figured out. Man, we can't. No. We shouldn't thought that shopping off the clearance rack would continue to work. Eh. <sighs> Told you I didn't agree to be nice today. I'm gonna be nice. I'm choosing to be nice. I was. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> so, uh, I was I was on one this weekend. I'm not gonna lie. I woke dude. up and chose petty. I, I was I was on one this weekend, man. So I gotta like I gotta balance it out a little bit. Gotta get some of that good karma back for myself. <laughs> um, but Trevor McGill, he's back with the Brewers yesterday. Um, one inning pitch, two hits, zero earned runs. Um, he did get one. He did give up a run though, uh, but it wasn't charged to him. Right. Um, the, and he had a he had a strikeout. Uh, he's another guy that can just hit a hundred. Um, Uribe, this guy, I gotta tell you, he's he's fun. If if he develops the rest of the season, he could be the fourth guy in the law firm. He's gonna be our eighth inning guy for like the next eight years. Eventually, he will. Yes. How does that roll off the tongue? The law firm of Paguero, Piamps, Uribe, and Williams. I mean. I mean, come on. <laughs> it doesn't sound bad, in my opinion. Um, he had the one hit. He, he did have two strikeouts, though. But he was he was pretty damn good. He was hitting 100 on multiple occasions, throwing that, that slider at 90, 88 miles per hour. So, I mean, he's all over the board. He's throwing different speeds. He's doing a good job. He is getting acclimated to MLB baseball at yeah. the top level. Yep. Um, like a JC September Ma- call-up in July. All right. Uh, JC Mejia, he was okay. One inning pitch, two hits. He didn't give up any earned runs. Um, so, again, the bullpen, zero earned runs again. Wow, shocker. <laughs> um, but in this one, Yelich and Monasterio had a couple two-out RBIs. Um, so, Yelich is now up to 50 RBIs. If he gets somewhere in the 85 to 90 range. As a leadoff hitter, bro? Pretty damn good. If <laughs> Now, if we add a bat in the next couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. If we add a bat, a guy that you can just you put him right there in the four hole, um, he's good to go. Um, kind of a little bit of protection for a Willie Adamas who hopefully can heat up if there's a guy behind him. He's going to see some more pitches. That's my dream, at least. 
Christian Yelich with, with with that top four, if we added a bat, like whoever the hell it is, we'll have to, you know, judge it by the, the player. I think that top four can can win you some games because the bottom of the order in this one yeah, was actually the call. one we buried. Good call. Um, Bryce Terang, who leads us in triples, by the way, with three. Hmm. Um, he He's starting to see the ball better. I'm glad you called that out because I was going to say that in this game. He's definitely starting to see the ball better. He's gonna he's gonna start hitting. He's gonna get on a little on base streak here. Um, he's still gonna continue giving us great defense. So, uh, what is your opinions on the, the Brewers game's gonna be starting here pretty soon, or unless it is started? Um, but we're gonna go right off of talking about the Brewers to watching them. So that's gonna be that's absolutely exactly how I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, so the Brewers went one, two, three in the first four innings of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You already mentioned the the home run by Schwarber. Um, the Second inning, a walk, a double, and ground ball produced a run for the for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom of the third, another another single run scored, uh, a triple scored after a single, mm-hmm. and then the bottom of the fourth, the Brewers. Uh, sorry, not the Brewers. The Phillies leadoff walk, and then went one, two, three. The top of the fifth, the Brewers ended a consecutive inning streak of Aaron Nola twenty two point two innings. Wow. So I don't, you know, I don't like admitting it, but it's true. Aaron Nola, he kind of owns the Brewers a little bit. He does. And I knew you were going to bring that up. That's not an embarrassing thing because Aaron Nola, he's a good pitcher. It's not like, you know, Aaron Nola has been second in the Cy Young. He's made like, yeah. what, like five all star games, yeah. four or five. Um, right. He's one of the best pitchers in the National League. He's right. He should have yeah. made, people thought he was going to win the Cy Young the year that Corbin Burns took it from him. Oh, uh, that was uh, Zach Wheeler. Oh, that was Zach Wheeler. Nola was like fifth or sixth, though. Like he was the Woodruff to to Aaron Nola's Corbin Burns, essentially. Yeah, he he. I know he's been up for Cy Young a few times, and he finished like I think his highest finish was second. So I mean, he's not a bad pitcher. He's He's a very very good pitcher still. Yeah. Um. So the Brewers did that with two outs. Good work by them. Tapia single stole second. Andre Monasterio made the game three to one. Uh, And then Bryce Terang hit a high chopper up the middle and a bad throw allowed Andre Monasterio to score. Bryce Terang, sole second, and a Weimer strikeout in the inning. Um, bottom of the fifth, two strikeouts, or sorry, two outs and two singles ended Tehran's day. Uh, McGill came in, gave up a single that made it 4-2, to two, and then after a wild pitch, got a ground out to end the fifth inning. Mm. Uh, top of the sixth and the seventh, the Brewers went 1-2-3 again. Um, in the bottom of the sixth, Trevor McGill gave up a leadoff single and then got a strikeout and a flyout. Abner Uribe came in. Struck out Trey Turner. One of the best shortstops in the game. Um, yep. Four pitches, three sliders, and a sinker. Uh, great work by Uribe against a very, very good hitter. Now, bottom of the seventh, Abner Uribe went one out, two out, single, third out. The second out of that inning was Bryce Harper. Abner Uribe threw him five pitches. Four of them were over, over 99.8 miles an hour. Yep. Including... A 102.2 mile an hour four seam fastball, the new fastest pitch in Milwaukee Brewers history. That's just stupid, dude. He followed that up with a slider down and in at 90 miles an hour to Bryce Harper, a pitch that almost hit the top of his shoes. He swung and missed at by a lot. Bryce Harper is one of the best players in baseball. Yeah. That's. Some 
some BDE, if you know what that stands for, from Abney Uribe. To do that, to trade Turner the inning before, and then Bryce Harper this inning to throw him four absolute gas pitches, including the fastest pitch in franchise history, and a 90-mile-an-hour slider down in. Yeah, that's that's just bullshit. <laughs> Strike him out on five pitches. Yikes. <laughs> um, top of the eighth, Brewers got a good start. Andre Monasterio had a single. Bryce Durang had a single. Joy Weimer, good hustle to, to avoid a double play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nola was done with one out the runners in the corners. Christian Yelich hit a ground ball. There was no chance for a double play. That made it 4-3, to three, which would be the final score. Uh, William Contreras grounded out to end the threat in the eighth. You mentioned Mejia. Um, what I want to give credit for in the eighth inning, Mejia gives up a leadoff single, gets a ground ball. Bryce Terang charges this ground ball, gloves it, tags the runner, and throws to first. That's a hard play to make. Yes. To, to make a tag – and then transfer and throw. So that is fantastic work by Bryce. Stud. Stud. Um, Another single after that, turns the lineup over, and then Mejia got Schwarber looking with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball at the knees. Mm. That's good work by J.C. Mejia, too. Yeah. Um, Top of the ninth, Willie Adamas had a soft liner for an out. Uh, Jesse Winker had a hard hit, reached on an error. Um, Blake Perkins running for him. Uh, Craig Pick. Craig Kimbrell threw away the pickoff attempt. Perkins got to second. And then Owen Miller uh, struck out and Ryan Altapia flew out to end the game. But, I mean, I did call. I called for a – I think I called for a two-and-two two week, actually. I figured the Brewers would take two of three from the Reds. I and, called three-and-one. Um, and lose this one against the Phillies, and they swept the Reds and then lost to the Phillies. So, looking at it, the Brewers have two more against Philly. They have today and tomorrow. They have three versus Atlanta. Jake and I will be there on Friday. So if you're going to the game on Friday, hit Jake and I up. We'll we'll come and visit. Yeah. Um, and then three more against Cincinnati. Eight games between today and next week, Wednesday, when we do our next show. What do you think? I'm going to go first because I usually ask you first, but I'm going to okay. go first this week. Yeah. I'm going on a limb. I'm going to say six and two. Ah, ha, ha. I am also going six and two. We're going to get a Colin Ray masterclass tonight. Uh, the starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies is a guy named Christopher Sanchez. Only two of our hitters have ever seen. Woo! Easy. Jake got excited. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at two games against the Phillies, three games against the Braves, three against Cincinnati. What I'm saying six and two, I'm looking for the Brewers to win the series with the Phillies by winning today and tomorrow. I'm looking. I'm going to say one out of three against the Braves if they have to win one out of three. The one that I hope they win is the game that Jake and I are at. And I think I think the Brewers and the Reds' ownership is going to continue. I think the Brewers are going to sweep the Reds again. Yep. Uh, I have them taking one or two. I'm hoping the Friday night is the one. Um, That's exactly what I said. Um, I, I think that they're going to they're gonna sweep the Reds again. Um, but we have we have Colin Ray tonight, uh, Christopher Sanchez, uh, is the starting pitcher for the, the Philadelphia Phillies. He's a left-handed pitcher. People are going to freak out about that. The Brewers have been really good against lefties as of late. And then we have Corbin Burns on the on the bump uh, tomorrow. So I'm looking to win the next two against the Phillies. That's what I said, too. All right, I'm with it. When I get excited, I pull this cord. You need to settle down over there. It just, it just sets everything on fire, dude. <laughs> All righty. Well, there will be no Friday show this week. Jake and I are going to be at the Brewer game. Uh, And then we will be back next Wednesday with eight baseball games to talk about. 
Um, definitely going to be lots of content still coming out between now and next Wednesday. And I will see you then. Hopefully we get to see the law firm tonight, baby. And Friday night. Friday night. All right, buddy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.